I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Your brand is going to be helpful when you are not actually actively needing it. So what is happening is like today you need to start it and you need to build this asset in the long term. Don't wait until you absolutely need to have a voice. Lots of new activity happening in Data Futurology. We're continually challenging ourselves to come up with new ways to create value for the community. We want to continue to bring you the topics that are relevant to organizations that are using and scaling AI. And we want to provide you use cases, challenges, new approaches, ways to overcome the resistance and the barriers in order to get value from these technologies. We have recently redone our website. It looks much better. Go and check it out. Tell us what you think. We wanted to make it easier for people to access the content that we've been creating. And you'll see there in the events tab, all the events that are coming up from data and AI in finance to our event on MLOps, to looking at multi-cloud strategies, the impact of DevOps into the data analytics world. Please continue to provide us suggestions with the topics that you wanna hear about. And we will make sure that we put those events together for the community. We're doing this for the community, so thank you so much for your support, and I hope you continue to enjoy the content that we're producing. We do have a related question from Rajiv. Hey, Rajiv. He says, Steve, how do you think job losses consequent to introducing robots and AI into industries can be managed together with AI innovation? So as in, can AI innovation help us in any way with the job losses from AI and robotics and automation coming in? So the reality is, AI is going to take more jobs than it generates based on my own personal opinion. That's the reality. Um, I don't think that it's going to uh, be able to generate more, uh, more jobs than it's taking. But on the other hand, because of all the other technologies going forward, there would be jobs that we have never heard of. You know, like, um, I don't know, like these... NFT is just going super crazy these days. I don't know if it's a bubble, it's a real thing. But um, apart from that, lots of people are involved into making these, um, um, you know, um, art, art or um, whatever pieces that they are selling on NFTs. And there wasn't such a thing available, right? A friend of mine just um, resigned from a very, very um, high-paid Microsoft role to become an NFT artist. Wow. So how do you define that? You know, that's like, I know yeah. AI is taking a lot of jobs, but then this, this is not something that AI generated, but I think technology takes jobs and generates more. Um, mm. Apart from that, you need social media. We have a lot of social media creators, influencers, they're getting paid because of this. Um, and that's, that's the reality, um, how human will uh, figure out how to survive and how to come up with better ways to cope with these uh, trends of disruptions. 
Right. Yeah. It's so interesting because uh, I I think that uh, that jobs in general they're there to either solve a problem uh, or or sort of entertain, and we can sort of put some some of the arts in under under that banner as well in terms of like giving you a nice a nice feeling. Um, and both of those things will continue for I think for as long as there is humanity, <laughs> because as we get used to the the rising standards of living that is in part being being brought and accelerated by AI, our expectations continue to rise. So we will have like new problems that we'll want um, them to be solved and we'll have new avenues where we want to get our, our entertainment and our, and our feel good that gives that culture and art gives us. Uh, so I think those two will continue to be avenues um, where, where people will be able to like, definitely comfortably um, live, generate an income um, and, and express their personality, who they are. Um, and yeah, and that, that is in part brought, brought by, by AI. Um, so we've had over 90% of people answer the poll. So I'll close the poll and we can have a look at um, the results. I'll share the results now. So everyone should be able to see the poll um, on their screen. So we'll go one question at a time and we'll, we'll have a, a few comments uh, about them. Um, so first question was, do you find it difficult to learn or upskill in data science? 56% um, of people said no. I guess it shows the, the, maybe the audience. 44% uh, of people said yes. And, and I, I think, yeah, it's, it's such a broad and, and diverse field with almost endless applications and, and so many areas to improve. Um, yeah, so some people definitely find it challenging. Um, what, what is your perspective, Steve? What, what do you think about this, this question? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with you in this one as well. It, it's a very fast evolving, I guess, um, role in general. And a topic in general that um, you know the the pace is super fast. That people some of some people may might find it a little bit difficult to uh, um, stay on track and stay on top of the the uh, the latest uh, um, trend. Um, and because of the complexity and all the stuff that it related, the requirements of being a data scientist. Um, it's also not easy to um, find the right pathway to become a um, become a one. Yes, it's evolving. Um, it is pretty new. I guess like maybe around ten years that has been coined into something that we call it as a role. Uh, a lot of people were doing similar stuff, but they were called totally different um, titles. Um, so that's why it makes it not very straightforward. It's just like um, if you want to be a GP, probably it's a lot more straightforward to understand what is needed yeah. to, to go through the steps. But then if you say the same about data science, it's not as uh, straightforward. Still, the boundaries of what is exactly data science is something that people might have a debate and uh, there are lots of specializations coming out of this data mm. science or data professionals that uh, they also have a lot of overlaps and blurry line between them. And um, yeah, that makes it complex. 
right so, and yeah. and what do you think the 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 field and the and particularly the specializations what do you think they will look like in the future where do you think we're we're heading uh, from that perspective uh yeah that's a very complex one because um uh, as i say it's very um quickly evolving and hmm. um what i would say probably in let's say in five years we would see the both ends of this spectrum <laughs> which um we would have some generalists using a lot of platforms deliver something very quickly for maybe startups, POC, MVPs. And then we are going to see a lot of specializations and specialized people um, working in this field in a bigger organizations and um, on more of a research kind of projects to uh, push the, the, uh, this topic forward. Um, it will be probably like, for example, if you want to have a website right now, you can have a Wix website in Wix, for example, super quickly, yep. just mm -hmm. um, um, make something work without understanding coding, right? At the, the end of the spectrum, a web application is right now super complex and you need to have a lot of different skills to, to build one to deliver really good value to your audience. Man, that is that is great. And I, I totally agree with you. I think that as, as more and more people... Um, learn about about ai and there's sort of more automation about ai in the in the sense of platforms that the the baseline of of what uh, understanding of ai and the baseline of ai accessibility to do something that's going to keep rising 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 get sort of more and more people are going to be able to more easily be able to apply it to their problems and then so that's kind of like in general organizations and business person and business people in general. Um, and I think from there in, in our field, whatever that's going to be called or whatever that's going to be, I think that just sort of one dude's opinion, like I think that there's going to be two broad big camps. One's going to be the um, advanced AI plus tech technology camp where it's kind of like the machine learning engineering. Um, we're going to have uh, the data engineers and, and kind of like that evolving um, thread that obviously it's a, it's a vein that's, that's kind of, I think, continue and continue to specialize in terms of the AI side and the technology side. And then the other part is the, what you also mentioned, domain knowledge plus AI. And that's where we're going to have like deep, deep experts in, in fields like, like medical doctor, as you mentioned, like that's a good, that's a good example, like a medical doctor that becomes a data scientist and then having that, that combined knowledge in one brain, I think that that's going to be the, the next uh, or, or, or the other part where you have kind of like maybe like supply chain specialist or, or um, plane scheduling specialist um, that will learn AI and be able to apply it to their, to their domain. Um, and, and we'll, yeah, I think we'll have the kind of like the two, the two camps, uh, which would be interesting. As you were talking, um, we've had a number of, of questions um, come in. So I, I might take them in the order that they, that they came in. So the first one uh, says, I'm a 35-year-old uh, business intelligence consultant. I find AI and machine learning and data science incredibly interesting. Great. Um, they say, I'm really passionate about learning the general ideas. Unfortunately, I don't have a solid maths background. If I want to solve complex business problems and really make an impact, is it worthwhile going back to learn the foundations of maths? Or should I focus on the softer skills I already have? 
Great question. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, a, a data professional kind of um, um, as a as a whole needs um, different skills. So you can pick and choose uh, what particular um, role you're interested, and you can follow that. Some of them need a lot of heavy math and stats. Some of them might not. So that's something that. Uh, we don't have a one um, one size fits all, right? Mm. Uh, for those who want to transition into data science and AI, um, I would definitely say you do need um, certain skills to start learning data science. Mm-hmm. Uh, programming is a must. Like I don't know if you you will be able, like in ten years, uh, be a data scientist without. Uh, programming, but right now I cannot see such a things happen. Uh, mass and stats are important in, from two different perspectives. One, understanding machine learning algorithm, understanding that the the shortcomings and how things are happening. It's like it's not that kind of black box that we think it is, but it is not. So that's also something that we need to talk about. But at the end of the day, um, so. Um, you need mass and stats to understand machine learning and also understand how to uh, do analytics on data. Uh, data sets are not as um, you know straightforward as you can see, like the Iris data sets or things that are available on different open open data sets available on um, online. Um, it's more complex. Uh, the business is more complex. The results need a lot of um, experiment and validations, and you need that kind of foundation to actually um, understand more about your data as well. So, yeah, I don't think there is any way to bypass these two main skills, um, but definitely some of the the roles that are more entry level or maybe less um, 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 less stats heavy uh, might be interesting to you. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's that's uh, really good advice. Um, next question was from Imad uh, about universal basic income. So he says, what are your thoughts about universal basic income? Do you think it's inevitable due to AI? Great question. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So Isn't it? We, <laughs> yeah, we, we actually, I, w- I was part of a panel discussion a week ago um, and the, the largest um, uh, Chinese uh, AI conference. And we had a panelist who was a philosopher. And uh, I would have said he's the best one to answer this, but I would say uh, just as a general rule of thumb, um, I don't think it's, uh, it's possible to have that kind, of, um, um, that kind of solution because of having AI. Um, I know the automation is going to take a lot of jobs, but I also believe that uh, governments can uh, come up with some sort of upskill, national level upskill and reskilling uh, platforms mm-hmm. where actually make people to deliver value to the society rather than feeling that um, since it's automated, I just need to just um, get the get some sort of uh, you know, um, salary benefit to to just live my life without doing anything. I I don't believe into um, um, making us as a human um, less, I guess, uh, working less and um, um, being less involved with, um, you know, the social projects. 
I think working has a lot of impact in our, um, um, I guess, psychological safety, and it will give us some sort of uh, being um, relevant and being um, and necessarily being impactful for the society mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. that our contribution is making a difference. Um, so definitely my answer would be um, no for this one. I, I, love, I love that answer, man. That is great. I love how considered um, it is. And yeah, I, I totally agree. There's, there's, um, there's already uh, governments um, around the world that are trialing different forms of universal basic income. And they, at least from my understanding, it seems like the most successful ones are the ones where they're, they're in line with, with what you just said, Steve, as in like they're encouraging their citizens to upskill in an area that the country needs those skills um, and they're, they're getting essentially paid and assisted to, to learn and to upskill. And we will, and yeah, I love what you said about, you know, feeling useful, feeling like you're making a contribution that is so core and fundamental to, to us as, as humans and in, in our nature um, that I think we'll always need to, to do that, to, to have that. And that forms of UBI will be around helping people move into areas that are needed uh, in terms of skill set, if if there's there's not a path that they're kind of like forging for themselves, um, there might be obviously anything under the sun as we continue to get more advanced and have more opportunities. So that's man, I love your answer. It's great. Um, we had a question from from Jason uh, that says, "I am halfway through my master's of data science course. Nice." Um, he says, how difficult is it to break into the field, even with a master's? And he says, I have a background in teaching and arts. Oh, really nice. That's an awesome combination. So, mm. um, so as you mentioned, you're halfway through your data science course. So you, you were pretty much there. Um, it, the most important thing is uh, the drive to start it and to continue the learning because there's particular field is um, super quickly um, changing and uh, we exactly don't know how it's going to end up, but we, do, we know that in probably two or three years, uh, you would need to work with a lot of platforms and you will need to have a lot of experience uh, leveraging um, um, cloud features and, and um, combining different I guess uh, automation, automated engines, and uh, you know coding, and all together. So that's that's what is happening. If you're at university learning data science, you're going to get a lot of software skills and and technical skills at the same time. But the problem is, unfortunately, universities are not going to make you ready to enter um, um, a role as a data scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, because just the, the, the nature, as I said, the nature of the, 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 the topic is uh, something that universities are far behind the real need of the industry. Um, so I encourage you at the same time that you are um, doing your tertiary courses, um, start learning the latest, um, uh, I guess, course from the latest cor- courses on um, different platforms, there are lots of free resources out there. I don't, um, I wouldn't 
say that you need to pay a lot to to learn these skills, but um, you definitely need to be hands-on before um, entering into these roles. That's a dilemma, kind of. Uh, You would see a lot of these advertisements asking for a couple of years of experience as an entry role to to a data science role, which is like, uh, how can I even have it for the entry role, right? So I would say um, internship is your best gateway into um, into one of these entry roles. Awesome, awesome advice, man. I am, um, yeah, you're you're very considered in your answers and and very thorough. I I really appreciate that, and I'm sure the audience does too. So thank you. We had a question from Nakul. Hey, mate. Um, he says. This is more related to ACS slash Australia. Um, and the question is, when do you foresee um, ACS uh, in Australia recognizing data science slash AI accreditations? Uh, for instance, data scientists have broader skills um, and still have to go through other accreditations like software engineer, business analyst, et cetera. Um, yeah, I think it's a good question. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So first of all, I would like to say that I'm, um, on my personal capacity here, not representing um, uh, the organization on on an official formal level, but I will just uh, say that the good news for everyone that is in data science and AI, uh, ACS um, um, is kind of on a way to recognize all of these, um, I guess, different roles as a technical profession. And um, if you're going to be accredited, Definitely ACS is the right place for the data science, data scientists to get accredited. So I'm also on an um, advisory panel and also accreditation uh, at ACS accrediting uh, data science courses in Australia. So I just uh, recently have gone through through a couple of courses that um, wanted to get approved by ACS. And um, we are on a, a way to... Um, have the first iteration of, um, um, I guess, data professional frameworks, skill assessment frameworks to get released by ACS very soon. So keep an eye. Uh, it is happening. That's awesome. Great, great, great. Um, and we have a question from Rajiv asking um, about innovation in, in developing countries. So he says, what about AI innovation in developing countries uh, where... IT industry, including the internet, may not be as advanced. Uh, do you believe that there's opportunities in the AI space in those countries? So AI is a, is a global kind of uh, phenomenon. And um, I, I would say it has application in each and every field. It will uh, definitely have a positive impact in developing countries or um, and um, kind of... Uh, the ones that are a little bit behind the um, uh, the curve, but what what I'm saying here is that um, not necessarily it needs to start from from the um, uh, from the, the the those countries. The they can adopt and leverage the outcomes from the other countries, and that's that's something that um, not so difficult to um, apply. As you can see. Um, like we are kind of pretty much similar and different, but um, the data is available based on our 
interaction with different platforms. And that can be leveraged to make the AI relevant to each country. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the bias and ethical perspective, that is still something that we need to be very careful uh, because of the, um, you know, um, having less data available from uh, underrepresented groups and um, people with, you know, uh, different um, um, social economical background might not be um, as beneficial from uh, from the AI applications, and that's why we need to uh, why we need to have these um, AI ethic frameworks in the in the place. Um, but as I just um, said, at the end of the day, um, it can start from um, anywhere like industry you know, countries can start the, the, the change of um, the way that we're leveraging AI and the others can adopt. Um, I can say that this, this is going to be a problem for the less developing countries, uh, less developed countries in future uh, for just leveraging what, what has been produced. And um, that's why the competition is fierce and all these superpowers are kind of uh, thinking about leveraging AI um, um, in a very competitive manner that sometimes it feels like it is another arm race or AI race happening. And I hope that that uh, will, will not impact you know, humanity in a negative way. And um, we all are responsible for that particular um, um, leverage of AI to, you know, um, like a kind of an AI arm race um, 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 usage. I, I don't, mm. I don't want to go into too much detail of making people afraid of the AI, but there, there might be some implications that we are not very interested into. Yeah, and and in a way, like it's it's up to all of us to make sure that we're we're using the this this technology and this tool for as most positive impact as as we can um and i think like with any innovation um uh, that that humanity has created there's there's always two sides and that can be you know that can be said of of when we discover fire <laughs> when um like when we started making metal um and definitely can be said with with ai there's there's um um, both positive and negative ways to to use this. So we got to all make sure that we're using as much of the positive uh, sides as we can. Um, so I love that. Um, I might I might take us. Uh, I know we have about ooh, about five minutes left, so I might take us to to the rest of the poll question. So we did question one, and question two is: um, Have you participated in a hackathon? And most people, sixty percent of people said no. Forty um, percent of people said yes. Um, we briefly spoke about the, you know, the benefits that you mentioned of the hackathon of getting hands-on experience and, and maybe even be able to create a, a startup off the back of that from the hackathons that you've been running and hosting, Steve. Um, any other thoughts or comments on, on hackathons? Yeah, I will just definitely say that uh, quickly mention that um, hackathons are the best quick way to get to know people kind of uh, maybe find your future co-founder, maybe find a um, lifelong um, kind of, uh, um, you know, friends who are sharing the same principles with you. And um, 
this is this is a good way to actually learn mm-hmm. from others as well because there are mm-hmm. usually a lot of mentors and senior professionals in the hackathons to help you deliver your um, solution and um, it, it's super quick during a weekend 48 hours 72 hours you will need to iterate um, something close to the real world problem and deliver some results it's a really good challenge for mm-hmm. people who are up to it Man, that is awesome. I completely agree and encourage people to participate in hackathons. Um, question three was, have you done any work or projects in the data or AI ethics space? And uh, it was almost 50-50. So 52% of people said no. Um, and 48% of people said yes. Um, I think that's really good. What, what do you think, Steve? That's awesome. Like, yeah. Because- Ethics, like doing a project in um, AI ethics, is um, is not something that you would see a lot around. Now, this is this is a, more of a subject as a research subject at these this point, and um, there like or different organizations are helping and trying to come up with uh, some process, some applications, and a tangible way to measure this, to apply this. It is still not as concrete as and as tangible as we might think it is. Um, so I will just, um, I'm super excited to hear how they are involved and how um, they're making it move forward. But that's great anyway, that um, we are thinking about it and uh, we are uh, trying to be uh, mindful of uh, these frameworks when we're even um, working with uh, different projects. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where uh, a lot of the answers uh, would have come come in from, I think, is that uh, people doing a project and, and having ethical, uh, either an ethical framework or ethical considerations in, in their data science projects, which is awesome, awesome to see. So great. Yeah. Um, question four was, um, do you think personal branding is important for data scientists? Overwhelmingly, yes. 88% of people said yes. What do you think? 100%. I would say 100% it is important, not for data scientists, for any indi- professional individual that are living in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all connected in a global level. It is not possible anymore to meet and greet everyone face-to-face. So you need to have some sort of digital identity, social media presence to um to get known and um, to, to participate in sort of um, different um, events. And, um, you know, th- this is something that 100% will change your career. Um, you will get noticed more. You would have more opportunities to, uh, um, to, to do whatever you like. That, that's, uh, that's the bottom line of it, right? Um, so I can give you the, some firsthand information about myself like i started being super active on social media three years ago it's not very long time just Mm. three years ago when i started it um i didn't know exactly what i want from this but i knew that i want to help so i started by sharing some educational material so that was it um and it went super crazy viral at that time like three four years ago where um, still data science was something that people were having a lot of questions about mm. the, the, the pathways and the learning materials. But what happened is after that, um, because of that you know, um, um, relationship that I kind of started with the 
uh, global leaders of the world. Right now, I'm, I'm connected with those people that um, they are my uh, kind of um, idols and heroes in data science and, and, and technical world. They're C-levels of different uh, companies. They're uh, the godfathers of data science, whatever you name them. Mm-hmm. And not, it's very easy right now for me to reach out and have a conversation with um, with a lot of them where it was not possible. It just opens a lot of doors for you, right? Um, if you just want to have a job, that's still something that you will get it from having these kind of activities and building your own brand to get known. You never know how and when you're going to use this. That's the um, interesting part of it. And your brand is going to be helpful when you are not actually actively needing it. So what is happening is like today you need to start it and you need to build this asset in the long term. Don't wait until you absolutely need to have a voice. A lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs are reaching out to me. They want some uh, golden nuggets of like, how can we um, have like a couple of hundred thousand followers within a week or month? And there is no answer, like there's no magic, right? There's just, you need to wait four years. And that's not something they can afford. They wanted to have it yesterday. Um, <laughs> so that's just a quick one. Man, I love it. I love the the, the passion and and the um, and the clarity, the clarity of no, of the the thought, but also showing people the benefits and that they're you know unexpected and broad ranging. And um, I love that you encourage everyone to to do that. Um, I know that we're up against time. Uh, last question from the poll is: How do you use social media for data science? Um, most people said to keep up with the industry. Um, one of the options was for memes, and I thought that that one was going to win, actually. <laughs> but um, so we had the most popular was to keep up with the industry, and then second most popular to follow leaders in the space. Obviously, as Steve Nori, what do you think, mate? I I, I think uh, memes are funny part of it, and we all want to take some time out of the um, uh, very you know strict kind of uh, uh, um, our job environment to be a little bit uh, having a little bit fun with the stuff that we are working on. Um, but the major thing for me also is just keeping up with the latest trend. It's just super easy for me to scroll on LinkedIn and see what's happening in the whole world uh, without needing to just go to all these um, uh, news platforms to, to read very long articles. I love it. That's great. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing as, as we have some comments here, they say, um, from Sarav, he said, really informative. Uh, thanks for having Steve on to share his wealth of knowledge with us. Uh, mate, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your insights, for sharing your perspectives, for your considered answers. I love the, the way that you see the world and how you're helping us get there uh, every day with your, with your extraordinary efforts. Thank you very much, Felipe, for having me. And thank you very much for the participants to tuning in. Thank you so much for everyone. Thank you so much for your feedback. People saying really interesting, uh, great, great hosting, great conversation in the iSpace, eye-opening and insightful, uh, really good information, uh, loving the conversation. Um, Kirsten says that she loved the learning by doing and getting people excited about the impact and applications. So 
This has been awesome. Thank you so much for everyone for coming in, making the time. Thank you again, Steve, um, for all the audience. Come back next week, same time, 8.30 on Friday. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Steve. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.